Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of pemphigus vulgaris, found under the dermatology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 50-year-old man presents to his dermatologist for persistent blisters. He reports that the blisters started on his lips three weeks ago. He continues to develop new painful lesions on his lips, but also on his trunk and arms. His dermatologist performs a punch biopsy. In the meantime, he is given topical steroids and an anesthetic for his mucosal lesions. Let's continue with an introduction to pemphigus vulgaris. Clinically, it is defined as a potentially fatal autoimmune blistering disease characterized by painful mucocutaneous lesions. Conditions that are associated include drug use, especially thiols. This includes penicillamine, benzylpenicillin, captopril, and cephalosporins. Other associated conditions include thymomas, myasthenia gravis, and systemic lupus erythematosus. Demographically, this is most common in those of Mediterranean or Jewish descent, and it presents between 40 to 60 years of age most commonly. In terms of the pathogenesis, there are autoantibodies that are IgG against desmoglein, which is a component of the desmosome. Recall that desmosomes connect keratinocytes in the skin, so this is considered a type 2 hypersensitivity reaction. This disrupts keratinocyte adhesion and causes separation of the epidermis. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms include non-healing and non-scarring ulcers that persist for at least one month and are extremely painful. There will also be progressive development of blisters from the mouth to elsewhere. On exam, one may note flaccid bullae that are easily ruptured. These will usually have a clear exudate. One may also note superficial erosions of the skin, which are due to ruptured bullae. This is often on the scalp, face, and trunk. One may also note mucosal ulcers and a positive Nikolsky sign. This is extension of the blister or sloughing of the skin with blunt pressure or lateral traction of the skin. In terms of further studies, labs may include autoantibodies which are detected in the serum with an enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay, or ELISA. This would include anti-desmoglein-3 and anti-desmoglein-1. On histology, one may know acantholysis, which is separation of the epidermal cells. One may also know intraepidermal blisters, and direct immunofluorescence will demonstrate intercellular deposition of IgG or C3 in a net-like or reticular pattern. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about bullous pemphigoid. This will be less severe than pemphigus vulgaris, it does not affect mucous membranes, and will demonstrate a negative Nikolsky sign. With regards to treatment, conservative options include wound care. This is indicated for all patients to prevent secondary bacterial infection. This would include antiseptics, anesthetic nebulizers for mucosal lesions, and potent topical steroids. Medical options include systemic steroids, which is indicated as the mainstay of treatment. Specific drugs include prednisolone. Another option is steroid-sparing immunosuppressants. This may be used concurrently with steroids for flares refractory to steroids. Specific drugs include azathioprine and mycophenolate mofetil. Complications related to pemphigus vulgaris 
includes skin and soft tissue bacterial infection of open lesions, as well as a risk of pemphigus vulgaris in the newborn. This is due to placental transfer of maternal autoantibodies. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that without treatment, the prognosis is poor and there's a 75% mortality at one year. With treatment, the prognosis is improved, but there is still a 10% mortality at one year. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to pemphigus vulgaris, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 55-year-old man presents to the emergency department with painful skin lesions. The patient has had similar lesions for the past several months, but states they have worsened recently. He has a past medical history of diabetes, a middle ear infection, and urinary tract infection, which were treated with antibiotics. The patient has allergies to latex and sulfa drugs. He works as a mountain ranger and regularly hikes through forestry. His temperature is 98.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.9 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 167 over 108. Pulse is 95 beats per minute. Respirations are 14 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Physical exam demonstrates flaccid bullae, which separate and break open when minimal pressure is applied. Oral mucosal erosions are also seen upon inspection of the oropharynx. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are... Choice 1. Acute drug reaction. Choice 2. Bullus pemphigoid. Choice 3. Pemphigus vulgaris. Choice 4. Stevens-Johnson syndrome. Or choice 5. Type 4 hypersensitivity. The best answer to this question is choice 3, pemphigus vulgaris. This patient's clinical presentation is consistent with pemphigus vulgaris. Pemphigus vulgaris typically presents in elderly patients with flaccid bullae, mucosal erosions, and a positive Nikolsky sign, which is separation of the blister or skin with minimal pressure. The pathophysiology is related to IgG against desmosomes between cells, which results in a reticular pattern on immunofluorescence, rather than the linear which would be seen in bullous pemphigoid. Steroids are the treatment of choice for this condition. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Acute drug reaction would either present with a targetoid lesion, which could represent an acute drug reaction or erythema multiforme, or hives, depending on the type of reaction. This patient's flaccid bullae suggests a diagnosis of pemphigus vulgaris. Choice 2. Bullus pemphigoid presents with thick or tough bullae, which do not separate or break easily when pressure is applied. This pathology occurs secondary to antibodies to hemidesmosomes, resulting in a linear staining pattern on immunofluorescence. Choice 4. Stevens-Johnson syndrome presents with fever, malaise, and mucosal ulceration. This is often secondary to infection or sulfa drugs. Choice 5. Type 4 hypersensitivity reflects exposure to poison ivy or poison sumac, which causes pruritic vesicular lesions, typically in hikers or rangers. Finally, a bullet summary. Pemphigus vulgaris presents with flaccid bullae, mucosal erosions, and a positive Nikolsky sign. That's all for this review about pemphigus vulgaris.
We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.